In the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible states that place. so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Awesome I pray that you are Come blessed by what you are about to hear or listen to. He can move this is a Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Stay blessed. Hide me from the rain. I want to welcome you tonight to this special meeting. Hallelujah. We have come to feed on the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is going to be our food tonight. So the title is Honoring Jesus. Hallelujah. Then colon. A prerequisite for the Spirit's move. Honoring Jesus. Then we have a colon. A prerequisite for the Spirit's move. Hallelujah. Honoring Jesus. We need to honor Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, there, there is going to be, we've, we've already, I mean, we all know that definitely there's going to be a move in this end time. Um, God is about to move for the last, Okay to usher in the last revival, the greatest revival of all, okay, that will, will come in. That's what we call the great harvest. That will come in before um, the second coming of Christ. Okay, the second coming of Christ. I mean, there have been a lot of debate concerning when he's supposed to come, whether it is going to be a pre-tribulation, a scatology, a mid-tribulation, or a post-tribulation, okay? I mean, my 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 problem is not that today okay uh but what we know is that whenever whether he's going to come before the rapture in the midst of the rapture or uh, sorry whether he's going to come before the tribulation in the midst of the tribulation or after the tribulation all we know is that there's going to be a revival hallelujah a great revival okay a great revival which was spoken about in um the book of joel chapter 2 from verse 28 okay downwards and the bible says that i will pour my spirit upon all flesh okay yes is that and it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit on all flesh it says that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your young men shall see visions verse 29 says that and also on mine men servants Oh, the person knows like I like in James Version. KJV. Yes. And also upon the servant and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Verse 30. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Verse 31. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. It, will come okay so now this 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 is talking about you know no let's end at verse 31 okay he said that before the great and the terrible day of the lord now the great and the terrible day of the lord speaks of the, the great tribulation okay very good and um now when during the, the 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 first outpour on the day of pentecost okay peter quoted this scripture and said that today this scripture is fulfilled okay spoken by the prophet joel okay but um there is something we call the law of double reference. The law of 
double reference, okay? In in um, in in studying the Bible, okay, the law of double reference, okay, it means that a scripture or mainly a prophetic scripture, okay, can happen twice in a partial way, and then what in a, a real way. So, for example, um, God told David that um, a, a king will sit on his throne forever. Okay, Solomon fulfilled that. Okay. He, he was able to build, and that, that king is going to build a temple. So Solomon built the temple. Okay. So that was a partial fulfillment. Okay. All right. But we know that the king that they are talking about is Christ. Okay. And that will be fulfilled in the, in his second advent. Okay. When it comes to rule for a thousand years on the earth. Okay. So we call this the law of double reference. Okay. Now, this prophecy was partially fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Okay. Because how we know this is because after the day of Pentecost, the terrible, the, the, the great and the terrible day of the Lord didn't come. Okay. And the next thing that also spoke of, he said that the, 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 the moon will become like black. Okay. The sun will become dark. There will be pillars of smoke. All those things also didn't happen. Hallelujah. Okay. So we realized that it was just, just a partial. Okay. It was just what? A partial fulfillment. And this is done in a way that typologically we can find this in the Old Testament. Okay. Mostly when someone, when we have a farmer, Okay, and there, there is a kind of first fruit. Okay, they bring the first fruit out. Okay, to I mean to to be like a sanctification for the others that are. So there is always the first fruit, and then there is a harvest. So they bring the first fruit to the house of the Lord. Okay, then the harvest is waiting. Okay, which will come. So it's, it's just like the same thing. Okay, so the the day of Pentecost they receive the first fruit of the Spirit. Okay, we still have it though, but there's going to be a final outpour. And this one will come upon all flesh. You know, in the book of uh, Acts, it didn't come upon all flesh. It came on the people that were, you know, the people that, the, the, were they 120, right? Those that were there. Okay, very good. Alright, so it means that we are in expectation. And we can see that each and every time there is a new move. We realize that the moves have been coming. If, if you are a student of church history, you realize that we have come a long way. Now you can speak in tongues, you know, freely. In those days, you can't just speak. When you speak in tongues, you'll be considered as a lunatic. Okay? The first woman to speak in tongues was called Agnes Usman under the ministry of Charles Parham within the 1900s. Okay? And it was quite strange. Very, very strange. Okay? Until the Azusa Street Revival. Okay? Then tongues broke out and now you are free to speak tongues. It wasn't like that. Okay, in some few past time, nobody knew about the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit was a subject that was sealed. Okay, Matthew Luther and Cody didn't talk about the Holy Spirit like the way we know it now. The seven spirit, it was lost in the, in the, in the church ages. Okay, but now at least we have something. Okay, good. And the issue is that anytime there is a new move, there is a great resistance. You see, there's a great resistance. You see, don't the new move is not for everybody. New move is, we have to understand that. New move is not for what? Aha. New move is not for everybody. Let's go to um, Luke chapter 5 verse 39. Let me show you something from that place. Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 5 verse 39. Luke chapter 5 verse 39. Jesus says something. He said that, no man also having drunk old wine straightway desired new for he saith, the old is better. Now, wine speaks of the influence of the spirit. 
The Bible says that do not be drunken with wine wherein is essence, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. So the oil speaks of what the person of the Holy Spirit, but the wine speaks of his influence. Okay, so when we have when so the, when when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they said that don't mind these people, they are filled with new wine. Hallelujah. So it means that the influence of the Holy Ghost is just like wine. Someone has taken in wine. Okay. So when the people were speaking with a new tongue, everybody said, ah, this is what they are drinking with wine. Hallelujah. So that's the influence of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Very good. Now, Jesus is saying that when a man has tasted old wine for a long time, when you bring him the new, he doesn't desire. He says that the old is better. That speaks of the move of the Spirit. Okay. Now, when there is a new move, those that have been in the old for, for some time, when they taste it, they say, no, the old one is better. Because the old is not meant for, the new is not meant for everybody. So you realize that your parents are in the house. They believe in God. They, believe, they don't want to speak in tongues. And you have, they, will not, they will not speak. The new is not for them. It is not everybody that the new one will taste nice. I hope you understand, okay? And don't worry them because they'll be judged according to their light and their revelation. I hope you understand. Okay, very good. We have to know that the more you are bound in revelation, the higher the standard of your judgment. According to Luke chapter 12, verse 49, the Bible says that, and the servant who knows his master's will and does not do it shall be beaten with many stripes. And the servant who did not know his master's will and therefore did not do it shall be beaten with few stripes. So it means that according to the revelation of the will of, of God, okay, you will be judged by that same standard. Hallelujah. So, your parents, they didn't, for the, they, they had little light. They live according to that standard. You say you have, you have more light, yet, there are certain things that you, you, you are struggling with, which your parents are not struggling with. I hope you understand. So, the new one is not for everybody, okay? So, when people are saying that, we are praying, or we are doing that, and they say, ah, what are these people doing? It's, it's new wine. Don't force them. If they are part, they will come and accept it. Do we say that? Okay, so he says that no man also having drunk old wine straightway desired. Even sometimes before they will change, it will take some time. Straightway desired new for he said the old is better. Okay, for a new move to come, there are a lot of things that must happen. A lot of things. Hallelujah. And um, we have to just know that in this end time, <laughs> Glow, greater glory, greater dimensions will be happening. Okay? Because what the Bible says, the Bible says something. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, okay, the Bible says that who, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. He says that for the letter killed by the Spirit is life. He says that, but if the ministry, okay, of death written and engraving in stones was so glorious that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, which glory was to be done away. He said, how shall not the ministration of righteousness be greater in glory? I think, from what verse? Let's start from verse 6. Let's say something. Verse 6. That is also talking about the new move. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 6. He says that, okay, let's come to verse 7. I've, I've, I've read this place already. He said, but if the ministration of death, written and engraving in stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Verse 8. 
How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? Let's move on. He says that, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Let's continue. He says that, for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. Now, we are the people of the, we are the people of the spirit. Okay? We are the people that live by the righteousness of Christ. Okay? So, this one is comparing the glory of the Old Testament. Now, you see, when you read the Old Testament and how Moses lifted up the, the rod to divide the sea, you're like, wow, this thing is so glorious. You know, when you see the, the miracles that happen, you know, the, uh, uh, after uh, how they were fed with the manna, you know how Elisha uh, took a, uh, a stick and put it on water and then a metal was floating. When you see all those miracles, but the Bible says that it was the ministration of death. Now, you see them to be glorious, but it is the ministration of, of death. And, and Paul said that, for even that which was made glorious <laughs> had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. So there is an excelling glory. And this end time, that excelling glory is about to be unveiled. So we are going to see greater dimensions of miracles. By the glory that excelleth. There is a glory that excelleth. There is a glory that excelleth. The ministration of death, they said it was so glorious that the children of Israel, they had to cover their faith. And the Bible says that that glory is to, is, is to, is to, is to be done away. It caused the ministration of death. The ministration of what? Because the ministration of death, because the day the tablets were brought, 3,000 people died. Wow. That was the ministration of death. Hallelujah. But the ministration of, of life, the day the Holy Ghost came, 3,000 souls were saved. The ministration of life. So the ministration of death, the ministration of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, the way glory is that glory moves from glory to glory. Are we okay with that? Okay. So now the beginning of the ministration of life began with glory. But this glory at the end, let's go to the verse 18. Verse 18. He says that, but we all with open face beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So, it began with glory, but it's going to end with a higher form of glory. Hallelujah. So, are you, are you ready for the end time move? Say, I want, you, I want you to move your body in the chest. Say, I'm ready. Glory. The administration of righteousness. The administration of righteousness. Hallelujah. Okay. Alright, so to, tonight we, don't, we want to look at the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus. And how honoring the person of Jesus causes a revival. The move of the spirit. Okay. Alright. Because everything is about Jesus. Everything. As we go, on, we'll, we'll see it. Okay. Alright, so let's begin. Now, in the eternity past, there was an everlasting God that dwelt alone in Psalm 90, I guess. The Bible speaks that, it says that thou is it from everlasting to everlasting. Can we go there? Um, Psalm 90. I hope to finish. Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Psalm 90. Lord, thou art been our dwelling place in all generations. Verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, 
or ever thou had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So, God dwelt in the eternity past. Okay? And we, we don't know, you know, what, what was his plan, what was his purpose. Okay? But in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, the last verse, okay? Now, we realize that John entered into the spirit and he saw a throne. Okay? And when he saw the throne, he saw four living beasts full of eyes. Then he saw 24 elders too as well. Okay? Now, these 24 elders and the four living beasts gave us a revelation. Okay? And then, the revelation they gave us said that, uh, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Very good. He said, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So we realize that the, the, the purpose of creation was to bring God delight. Hallelujah. He wanted what? Delight. Okay? That's what, that is, that is all what God, so Paul also revealed the same thing. He said, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. So according to the good pleasure of God's will, he predestinated us. He, he, he thought about us. And when he was thinking about you, maybe Chris or Jessica or Yao, when, when, when he was thinking about you, it, there, was, there was delight in him. He had pleasure of just the thought that he was having about you. He, 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 he saw Pearl and was like, ah, she, she's an object of my pleasure. Hallelujah. So when God saw that, he said that all these things I'm coming to make, I'm going to make them what? For my pleasure's sake. Hallelujah. Okay. So we realized that in time, God began this work and created man. Now, all, we realized that all creation was made for his pleasure. Okay. But the degree that creation, that the, you know that all creation are not the same. There are degrees. Okay, for example, the plant kingdom is not as, you know, lively as the animal kingdom. And the animal kingdom, this is why I'm speaking in religion, I'm not speaking science. In the animal kingdom is not as, you know, like, you know, uh, preferential like humans. I hope you understand that. Okay, very good. All right. So it means that plants can bring God glory. Okay, they can bring God pleasure. But it will not be like man giving God pleasure. Do you understand the case? So very good. So the degree of pleasure creation brings to God, okay, is, is according to God's preference and order of creation. Are we okay with that? Okay, very good. Because the Bible even says that in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 10, it says that the righteous man regarded the life of his beast. It means that sometimes how righteous you are can be seen in how you treat animals. Do we see that? So it means that God, God cares for animals. Okay, because they were also made for what? His pleasure. But man is on a different level. Are we okay with that? Okay. Now let's look at this scripture. Job chapter 7, verse 17 to 18. Job chapter 7, verse 17 to 18. He said, What is man that thou shouldest magnify him, and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, and that thou shouldest visit him every morning and try him every morning? moment. 
Let's move on. Verse 18. So that how long would that... Okay, no. I'm, 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 I think verse 17 is, is okay. So let's go back to the verse 17 again. So that what is man? That thou shouldest magnify him. What is man? And that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him. Wow. This is Job talking. Okay, let's see Psalm 8. Let's see something. Psalm 8. Let's start from verse 1. Psalm 8 from verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who had set thy glory above the heavens. Verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Verse 3. When I consider the, thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou had ordained. Now, here the psalmist was trying to say something. Let's, let's, he said, when I consider the heavens, the heavens are more mystical. They are more glorious, more beautiful, splendiferous. You know, the work of the eye fingers, the moon, the stars. I mean, these are objects that, you know, they are very, very strange. Why is it that God is not thinking about those, these things? You know, when you study about astronomy, the stars, the way, how huge they are, they are orbital, the way they are moving with speed, they are light, and you know, the kind of, uh, you know, forces between them or whatever. He said, which thou art ordained. Then it comes to the next verse. He said, what is man? So, I mean, there are bigger things. The universe. Why not those things? Why not? Why not actors? Why not play this? You realize that? Yes. Okay. Why not uh, 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 um, all those big, big ones? The galaxies. These are, these are object of massive, you know, adoration. But what is man that thou art mindful of him? So he began by saying that, Charlie, this moon, Charlie, these things, I mean, we are spending up. But I said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visited him. Verse 5. For thou had made him a little lower than the angels and had crowned him with glory and honor. You see, so it means that on the degree, okay, of um, bringing pleasure to God, man is on a different criteria or category. Do we see that? Yes. Okay, very good. All right. So, now, there is one thing about God. There is nothing that God wants that he, he, will, he will not get. There is, it is totally impossible. Okay? It is totally impossible. All right. So, I, we don't have time to look at a scripture that talks about this fact that I've stated. Okay? All right. Okay, good. But I realize that at a point in time, okay, this pleasure, this good pleasure that God had in him was frustrated because the man that he began the plan with, that man fell. Hallelujah. Okay, that man fell. Okay, good. All right. Now, the fact, so the man fell, but God's plan for man hasn't fallen. There are two different things. Okay, so you can be frustrated in life, but God's purpose for your, for your life is different from your situation. Mm. So never ascribe your situation to God's purpose and calling upon your life. There are two different things. Hallelujah. You can be a shepherd boy in the, in the, in the, in the, in the wilderness, fighting with the lions and what? And then the bears, but still you are the king. Mm. Hallelujah. And one of the things, because God abides in eternity, okay? The only things that he sees are the things that have been eternally declared. Mm. 
I, I hope we understand that. Okay, very good. And so, when God says that you will be a prophet, and you are walking around, I mean, you are doing other things. Maybe you are working in the bank. He, has, he doesn't see that. He sees only his eternal degree. Mm. Hallelujah. Okay, alright. So, I mean, so, God's plan was frustrated. Oh, sorry. Uh, man fell. But God's plan for man never fell. It was still intact. Okay? And he declared that from the garden. I hope you understand the case. Yes. After he proclaimed all the case, he told you, he said, you, the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. So now, we realize that when man, man was, man, man was in the garden, man was perfect, but he wasn't complete. I think I've thought on that before. That man is what? Perfect, but he's not what? Complete. Because the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, okay, um, um, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, it says that, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, the first man was made a living soul, and the second man, a quickening spirit. He said, how be it, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterwards, that is what spiritual. So Adam in the garden, even before he fell, he wasn't spiritual. He was just a living soul. Hallelujah. So he, he wasn't yet complete. Do we see that? Okay, very good. All right. Uh-huh. I'm sure you can go and get that. Okay, very good. All right. So, we realize that when he fell, before he fell, God could come into the garden. Okay? And the Bible says that in the cool of the day, the Lord, the, the, uh, 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 the Lord will walk in the garden and have fellowship with them. Is that also? Yes. Very good. But even with that, with that kind of fellowship, you know, God is a mystery. Okay, God is, okay, we'll come to that. But first of all, God is a mystery, okay? But before man fell, there was a degree of glory that he was encountering. And the time immediately he fell, that glory was shut. So he was sent out of the garden. And the Bible says that a flaming sword and the cherubim began to move around that particular day. So the Bible says that what? Uh, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there was a dimension of glory that Adam was receiving by virtue of his position. But after he failed, that glory was shut and he was sent out. Okay? So it means that now, one thing that has happened is that God is now going to find it very difficult to relate with man. One, because first of all, there are, there are mysteries in order. Okay? Now, the, the order of mystery, there are 11 mysteries in the Bible. Okay? And out of these 11 mysteries, there are two great mysteries. Okay? But these mysteries can be put in order. Okay? Now, first of all, the universe is a mystery. Do we know that? Yes. We, we, can't, we don't know everything about the universe. Scientists will tell you. They can't tell the, 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 end, the end of the universe. And sometimes they believe that there is even a multiverse. Are we okay with that? Okay? There are a lot of things that, you know, it's unfathomable about the universe. So the universe is a mystery. Okay? But when the mystery of the universe is unraveled, we see a person. Mm. Do we see that? Yes. Okay? So the, the, the universe is a puzzle. When we solve the puzzle, we see a person. And that person is God. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise now when God. we go to the book of Romans, the Bible, let's, let's go to Romans chapter 1 verse 18. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. He says that, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Move on. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. That is why God has the right to judge every man. Because you can't say that you don't know God. There's a degree that you, you know. I mean, you know God. Okay, I mean, that's... So, for God had shewed it unto them. That's what the Bible is saying. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him... This is why I think, give me uh, NKJV. Okay. For, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that there are without excuse. They are without excuse. Okay. So it means that the things that are made shows us God's eternal power and Godhead. Do you understand that? So, when we unravel the mystery of the universe, we see a person. That is the goal. That is God. The Bible says in Psalm 19 that the firmament shows thy work. He said that it telleth every day. The firmament speaks. It is telling everybody at, the, at every place that there is a God. I hope you understand, okay? But after I've unraveled the mystery of the universe and I find the solution, who is God? God himself is also a mystery. Do we see that? Okay, so God is a mystery. Another mystery to be unraveled. How do we know this? The Bible says in, I think, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he said, great is the mystery of godliness. Now, that mystery is not just a mystery. It is a great mystery. Great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. Now, let's go to Colossians chapter 2, from verse 1. We want to see something. Colossians chapter 2, from verse 1. Colossians, okay. For I want you to know what, we can go to uh, King James Version now. For I, for I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Verse 2. That their heart might be comforted, being knit together in love, unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. He says that to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. So God is a mystery. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. He's a mystery to be unraveled. Okay. Very good. Now, why are we saying that God is a mystery? In the uh, one particular teaching I did, I think, was it uh, alignment through sacrifice? Okay. I showed you what holiness means. That holiness it's not just about, you know, it's, it, it's not just about not sinning. Because when we look at, or it's not about, it's not about morality. Are we okay with that? Okay, very good. Because if it is about morality, then we can say that the monk, okay, within the oriental religions, okay, they are, then we can consider them to be holy. Are we okay with that? Very good. But holiness is an aspect of God which makes him uncommon. It means that when you go around everywhere in the world, you will never see anybody like God. He's not common. Do we see that? Okay. And we read the book of Ezekiel. When he sat upon his throne, upon the firmament, the Bible says that from his waist up, he was like, um, it, was, it was like a flickering fire. And from his down, I mean from his waist down, he was like a, a, a metal that was glowing. And I asked you, and the Bible said that there were tenderings and things. And I asked you that, have you ever seen a king sitting on a throne whose app is like fire? It is burning. And it's down. Okay? Or you go to a place, you see a king 
who is sitting down, his throne is fire. And fire like lava. How many of you know Moti Magma? It is flowing from the person's throne. And the Bible says that the throne has wheels and the wheels were with burning fire. And the person seated upon it is wearing a white garment and he has white hair. The Bible. You, you, you've not seen anybody. That's God's holiness. So, when God says that, be ye holy as I'm holy, it means that be ye not, be ye, don't be, don't be common because me, I'm, I'm not common. So, I call you to partake of my uncommonness. You see that. So, the Bible says that, it says that, why do, why are you equally yoked with unbelievers? Do you understand that? Why are you equally yoked with unbelievers. He said that for what, for, for what conqueror has light with darkness? What fellowship has Christ with the Belial? Belial means worthless. He says that come out from among them and be ye that holy and touch not the unclean things and I shall receive thee. So that when they come in your office, you are, not the, you are, you are the only person who is not fornicating. You are uncommon. You see when people see a virgin they say you are Jimmy Jimmy. It's not like you are Jimmy. You are, you are uncommon. You are holy. That is holiness. You have been called, you have been segregated to be what? Uncommon. Okay. Alright. So this, this God too is a mystery. Now, he was a mystery but Adam saw a degree of glory. Now Adam has fallen and by that, the flesh has shut or God himself has, has barred himself from seeing, for, for Adam not to see a dimension of his glory. Are we okay with that? So now, how would God now relate with man? Because it's a mystery. When we saw him in Ezekiel, he was like fire. When Daniel saw him, he was like a man with hair and sitting on fiery throne. When uh, John saw him, he was sitting on a throne and his body was like beryl, like jasper, like sardius stone. His body was like precious stones. You see? So he himself is changing. The, the God, the way you, the way this one will see him is different from the way this one will see him. And so when Ezekiel ended, he said that this is the way I saw the glory of the Lord. It means that the glory of the Lord can be seen in different ways. So John saw it. In the, so how can man relate with such a God? And to even talk about it, the Bible says that he dwells in what? A great light which is unapproachable. He told Moses that if you see me, you die. The only thing is that I will let you see my my goodness. Okay, so you see small of my goodness. So it means that now the things that you created for your pleasure, that you will have fellowship with them, it means that what? You cannot do it. You, you, your plan is now, you know, is, is, is being frustrated. Okay, so now what, what must God do? Now, God must unravel this mystery to man. And so when we unravel the mystery of God, we see Christ. Christ is what? The revelation of God. He's the revealed God. Okay? So, when we see that, it said that the mystery of God and of the Father and, and of Christ. Now, when we see that the mystery of godliness, when we, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in flesh, justified in spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. This, this is talking about Jesus. So, when the mystery of godliness is unveiled, we see Christ. Are we okay with that? So, for us to understand 
God. All we have to do is to what? To see Christ. So Christ was, you see, God became unrelatable when man fell. So Christ became the relatable God to man. So God packaged himself, that mysterious God packaged himself in simplicity so that even, and, and when he packaged himself in simplicity, his deity was not touched. So essentially, God and Christ are the same. Just that in divine order, he is the father and he is the son. That is order. That is not essence. There are two different things. So when he says that my father is greater than me, he's not talking about essence. Essence means substance. But he's talking about what? Order. Because in, in accomplishing something, like for example, in marriage, the Bible says that the male and female, they are all one in Christ. Because the Bible says that in Christ there is no one, male and female. That is essence. Between a man and woman, they are the same before God. But when it comes to marriage, for the accomplishment of the will of God, God brings in an administration and an order so that man is now first and woman is second. That is order. That is not essence. Do we see that? So it's the same thing in the Godhead. That essentially, Christ is God. He has the substance of God. He is God in himself. Everything about him is God. He's the God-man. He's the God becoming flesh. So that in essence, he and the Father are the same. But according to order, God is greater than him. So that he will be able to accomplish the will of God. Do we see that? Okay, so God now packaged himself and brought himself as a man to us. A man that we can relate to. So he became weak and frail. He was a man that can be spat on. We can kick him. We can beat him. But he was a revelation of a great mystery. The person called Christ. Hallelujah. He was what? A revelation of what? A great mystery. Hallelujah. Now, and our, how we see this God man has a lot to tell about what God is going to do for us. The way you see Christ the way you see Jesus has a lot to say about how you can relate with God. Because he said that, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can go to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. It is just like you want to go to a place, but when they are giving you the direction, you are rejecting it. You say, no, I want to go there. It's not, it's not possible. Hallelujah. The Lord. It's never possible. It is never, never, never possible. It is never, never possible. So let's look at John chapter 1 verse 18. Alright. He says that no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. Now the word declared there in the Greek means unfold. Are we okay with that? Okay. So it means that no man has seen God at any time. At any time. At any time. Okay, nobody has seen God. Okay, very good. Now, if you, if, you, if you say you've seen God, if you say you've seen God, okay, there was only a dimension of the glory that was revealed to you. What, what Jesus is saying that is that even the people that claim that they saw God in the Old Testament, they didn't really see. You see, do you know that God came down as a man in the Old Testament? Are we aware of that? Yes. We are not aware of that. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 18. 
It says that, and the Lord appeared unto him in the place of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Let's move on. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. Now, the Bible said three men, but let's look at what Abraham would, would do. Let's move on. He says that, and said, my Lord. Why did he say my Lord's? He said, my Lord. And they used a capital L, Adonai. He said that, and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let's continue. He said, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I, and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your heart. Let's, 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 let's move to the next verse. Next verse. Okay, very good. Let's start from here. He said, and they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. Let's move on. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. Lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it and the, in the tent door, which was behind, her, behind him. Sorry. Verse 11. And now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And he ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Let's continue. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Continue. And the Lord said, now, that the same Lord that Abraham knew before. Now, the scripture changes. It makes it capital L. It makes everything full letter. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah, it was the same man standing there. Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which I am old? Let's move on. He says that, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Let's continue. Let's continue. Okay. And the man rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. Let's continue. Verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do? Continue. Seeing that Abraham shall, the Lord was, let's continue. He said, for, let's continue. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, verse 20, I will go down now. So when God was saying, I will go down now, it, he wasn't talking about in heaven, he was not coming down. He was there. But he says that from the position, he's now going down to meet them. So we realize that when you continue the verse, the two, the two people that were with him were angels. They left. But the Bible said that Abraham stood before the Lord, before the Lord, and what interceded. So when he was interceded, the Lord was standing before him as a man. Mm, mm, mm. You see, so when so there are men saw degree of God. That is what we call the Theophany body. He came in the Theophany body, and that is what Jesus Christ said. He said when he told the Israelites, he said that Abraham saw me in my day and rejoiced. This was the God he saw. He saw my day and rejoiced. That was the day. That, that, that was that glorious day. He saw the theophany of God. Okay? Alright. But what, when we talk about the, 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 the God, okay? So all of them, all the people in the Old Testament, they saw bit, bit. But the fullness of God 
that was only declared through Christ. So the Bible says that no man at any time seen God. What you saw was just a bit. It wasn't the fullness. But the Bible says that when we go to um, Colossians chapter 2, sorry, Colossians chapter 1, I think verse 20, it says that, but it, it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell bodily. Hallelujah. So this man that came, the God man, the relatable God, was the fullness of God. Hallelujah. And now we realize that up to now, the Bible says that no man has seen God at any time. And I don't know whether the prophet can tell me they have seen the Holy Spirit before. You know, when the Bible said that the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, the Bible never said that the Holy Spirit is a dove. The dove was something that was used by the way the Holy Spirit landed upon Christ. So they were saying that the way the Holy Spirit landed was like the way dove landed. We've like read that scripture very well. It wasn't saying that the Holy Spirit came in the form of, of a dove. No. That was not so. It means that the form of the Holy Ghost is also hidden. So, the, the revelation of the Godhead is in that man called Christ. The Father and the Spirit, they are concealed. They are only revealed through the Son. The relatable God. Hallelujah. Okay? And because of this, because of this, okay, God has made Christ to be all things. He has made Christ to be what? To be all things. Okay? Now, let's look at um, Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. Colossians 1.15. He says that, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or things, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Verse 8. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Hallelujah. Verse 19 says that, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So now, now the best way to please the Father is to please the Son. Because it, was, it pleased the Father that in the Son should all fullness dwell. And the Bible says that God wants Christ to have preeminence in all things. All things were made by him and for him and by him do all things consist. Now, if you don't know Christ like this, your life as a Christian will be limited. Because it is on the knowledge of who Christ is that, the, the, that God administers everything that he wants to do. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Oh no, before we come to Ephesians, let's go to uh, Hebrews 1, 2 to 3. Hebrews chapter 1. He says that, okay, let's start from verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, verse 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3. He says that 
who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. Now, Paul in Colossians told us what? That Christ is what? The image of the, of, 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 of the invisible God. But now he tells us what? He's the express image. There are two different things. It means that now we are all in the image of God, but we are not in the express image of God. Hallelujah. So it means that when I look at, if, if by any means I could move into the unapproachable light and see God's nose, it would just be like Christ. Christ's nose. He's the express image of what? Of what? He's the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself paid our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Let's continue verse 4. He says that, being made so much better than the angels. How do you see Christ? You desire to see angels before seeing Christ. Your Christian life will be limited. The Bible says that he was made better than angels. So my desire is not really to see angels as it is to see Christ. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. One man of God said something and it really beat my mind. He spoke about uh, 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 two men. They were both prophets. Okay. One used to see angels and the one used to see Christ. The one who used to see angels entered into error. But the one who saw Christ, his, his books are there up to now. We read them every day. And he said that, you see, Bible, Paul spoke about that in the book of Colossians. Please, I'm not saying that don't see it. I'm not saying that if somebody sees angels, it's not the person is in error. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? <laughs> but Paul warned about that. About the willful worship of angels. You are so... like there, there's a, I want to see... If you don't take it, because let, let me tell you something. That that power, that angelic power has not been taken away from Satan. He still has that power. So that day he feels like becoming an angel, he becomes one. So mm. Paul says that for, for even Satan himself transforms himself as an angel of light. But one of the things is that he cannot replicate the Christ. Mm. So anyone who seeks to see the Christ cannot be in error. But I can see to see angels and I'll enter into error. Mercy Lord. So he has been made better than angels as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Verse 5. He said that, for unto, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. Let's go to the verse 6. And again, when he bringeth in the firstborn, first begotten into the world, he said, and let all the angels of God worship him. Now, the angels have been told to worship Christ. Jesus, the son of the living God. But how many, how, how, how much time do you save to worship Jesus? I'm not talking about worshiping God, worshiping Jesus. There, okay, don't worry, we'll come there. Verse 7. He said that, and of the angels, he said, who maketh his angel spirit and his ministers a flame of fire, verse 8. But unto the son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Do you see Christ this way? Hallelujah. What do you desire? Do you desire spiritual gifts more than Christ? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. Let's see um, Colossians 2.9. 
Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. He said, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. He said, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What is your vision of the Christ? Hallelujah. Praise what is your vision of the Christ? What are you seeing? Okay. Now, you realize that I said, I said something. The way you see him will determine the, 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 the amount of God's dispensation in your life. How do we know this? Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's start from verse 16. Or verse 10, if possible. He said, for even... Okay, let's come to verse 11. Verse 12, sorry. Okay, seeing then that... Let's come to verse uh, 13. He said, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Let's move on. But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Verse 16. He said, Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Let's move on. He said, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let's move on. He says that, but we all, with open face, beholding us in the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. So, what I see of Christ is what I become. Mm. How much I behold of him is, 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 will determine or will tell how much of the economy of God I receive. Because he's both the vehicle and the, he, Christ is both the, the vehicle and the substance that is, that is given. So, my perspective about this person can have, it, it, no, it's, it's not that it can affect, it would, it, it has affected my Christian life already. How I see this person, the Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We, we see that. My, my mindset, do I see him as a prophet who came to walk? Because that is why, that is what most of us see him. Hallelujah. Praise now, the and now, this Christ has been made, when we read about it, it says that in Ephesians, it says that, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So, Christ is the domain within which God's blessings are communicated. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise now, the there is what we call the office of the Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, Jesus speaks of his person. Christ speaks of his office. Now, when we were reading, the Bible says that, but unto the Son, he said, thy throne, O God. So, when we know that when Christ died, okay, and resurrected, he, he ascended and he was enthroned. Okay? And that enthronement, the Bible speaks in the book of um, Psalm 2. 
I think uh, Psalm 2. He says that, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. And the Bible also says something that, have uh, def- wherefore seen that we have such a high priest. Okay? He said, For we have not a high priest that cannot be tempted with the feelings of our infirmities, but at all point was, was tempted as we are, yet without sin. He said, Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, the person who sits on that throne of grace is the Christ. He said, Therefore, let us come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find need in time of grace. Hallelujah. He's, he's, he's both the, the medium because the Bible said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that I can do all things through what Christ which strengtheneth me. So he has become, he has, is now sitting in the office of the Christ. Now, it means that there is nothing that comes from God to man that will not pass through Christ. And there is nothing from man to God that will, pass, that will not pass through Christ. He has become the medium, the mediator. The Bible says that for there is one man, Jesus Christ, who is the mediator. Mm. He mediates. And so my perspective about this personality tells a lot how I even receive Hallelujah. Now, when we go, let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, sorry. Let's start from verse um, 8. He said, for, wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gift unto men. Verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower part of the earth? Let's move on. Verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now, the Bible says that what? He descended and ascended so that he might fill all things. This man has filled all things. He has occupied all things. Hallelujah. Now, it means that every time I'm going to the Bible, I am not going to search for anything. Anytime I come for prayer meeting, I'm not coming to search for anything. Anytime I'm fasting, I'm not searching for anything. All I want to receive from God is Christ. Mm, wow. Because he's everything. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. Is there anything that God will give you? Everything. If God wants to give you financial blessing, he will give you Christ. The solution to every problem in the economy of God, the answer is Christ. God has nothing to give than Christ. Thank you, Jesus. If you want anointing, Christ. So the Bible says that, but, but in him are we, in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. He said, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Now, that word wisdom there, okay, when you check a particular translation, there is a colon. Then it says that, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Christ has become wisdom for us. Now, so, Christ becoming our wisdom. Christ became our righteousness. He became sanctification. He became redemption. And so, in God's economy, he doesn't give substance, he gives a person. Wow. Your redemption 
It's not an event. It was a person. Your sanctification is not separation. It's a person. Mm. Your righteousness is a person. Your wisdom is a person. This is God's economy. You want food, he will give you a person. He is all that matters. In God's economy, all God sees is Christ. All he gives is Christ. So, how I receive this personality, how I see him, determines who I become. Hallelujah. What are you pursuing? What are you searching for? Hallelujah. You see, from Genesis to Revelation, talks about only one person. Jesus. So when he said that, he said the scriptures, and in them, he think he have eternal life, but they speak of me. And the Bible says that, in the book of, when, when you saw the, the uh, disciples who were going to Emmaus, he said that what? He said, uh, they were talking about Jesus. He said, the Bible said that, and he expounded unto them all things in the Psalms and the prophets which were written about the Christ. When he, when, and so the, the people didn't understand the scripture, the scriptures, but the Bible said that when he opened their understanding that they may understand, all they saw was a person. What are you seeing? Are you seeing money? What are you seeing? Are you seeing anointing? You are depriving yourself. You need to see a person. You need to see a person. Hallelujah. You need to see a person. Okay. All right. So now let me come to my main subject. Okay. Let me come. Let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. All right. He said, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. Verse um, 14. He shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine, and shall shew it unto you. Uh -huh. Let's continue. He said, all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall shew it unto you. Now we are coming to the place. We are coming to that place. Okay. Now, we are saying that this is what explains the office of the Christ. Everything by, by virtue of Christ's resurrection and enthronement, everything the Father has became his. Do we see that? So, everything that the Holy Spirit will administer, he will take it from Christ and give it to us. So, if I need strength, he takes Christ and presents my strength as Christ. And one of the things we have to know, now, if the Holy Spirit is really functioning, one of the things is that we see Christ always. Because the Bible says that he shall not speak of himself. He will, the, the objective of the Holy Spirit is to come and glorify Christ. Hallelujah. It's the Lord. Hallelujah. The now, Lord. let me tell you something. Let's not, the Holy Spirit is not for power. Those are some of the things that he will release. But the objective is that he came to reveal and represent a person. 
So much that now he became, the Bible changed, the Bible changed his name from the spirit of God to the spirit of Christ. And now at the end, they call him the spirit of Jesus Christ. He came to, he came to represent a person and he only did that, but he came to communicate. He came to give that person too as life. So the Bible says in um, um, Colossians chapter 3, I think verse 4, he says, and Christ, who is our life? Are we, are we okay with that? Okay, now, our last thing, he said, honoring Jesus, a prerequisite for the Spirit's move. Now, we are taking our last scripture. Acts chapter 29. Hey, sorry, Acts chapter 2, verse 29 to 36. We are ending it here. Honoring Jesus, a prerequisite for the Spirit's move. He said, men and brethren, let me freely speak. I, I, I want NLT here. NLT. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself. For he died and was buried. And his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet. And he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the, of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in, grave, in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Let's continue. Now he exalted. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven. At God's right hand. And the father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. So Christ was the one who poured out the Spirit. Do we see that? And this was contingent on he being exalted to the place of highest honor. Do we see that? Now let's come to the King James Version. Let's see something. Verse 33. Okay. Alright. Therefore, being by the mm -hmm, right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the father, so he was exalted, Okay, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. So now it means that the sharing forth of the Holy Ghost is dependent and contingent on the exhortation of Jesus and the honoring of Him. Mm, mm. Because now the Christ, according to First Corinthians chapter 15, has become what the life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. So, how I honor him is, it will depend, it will, it will de determine how much of the spirit I receive. The exhortation, that is the principle. The exhortation and the enthronement of Christ brings the flow of the spirit. So, in every church where Christ is not exalted, in every church that Christ is not enthroned, there is not going to be a move of the spirit. In every life, that Jesus is not honored. That Jesus is not brought to the place of preeminence. That Jesus is not, is not enthroned. is not honored. That person is going to be deprived of the spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, sometimes it is not as much of how, you know, we fast and pray as about, about how much we see the Christ. You see, when 
The reason why maybe you may be you may be suffering with your prayer life is because maybe you want anointing. But when you go there and you're saying that I come because of Jesus. It is because of you, Lord, I come. Jesus, I come to pray. There's going to be an administration of the Spirit. Your prayer life will be changed because now you are not going there, but you are going there and say, Lord, because of you, I honor you, Jesus. Let that become a practice. When you get up in the morning, you see, Pastor Benny showed us something about speaking to the Holy Ghost. Good morning, Holy Spirit. One of the easiest ways to even communicate with the Holy Ghost is to tell, when you get up, good morning, Holy Spirit, can you tell me more about Jesus? You came to glorify him. Make this your practice. When you walk around, Holy Ghost. So, how did Jesus Christ lay hands upon the sick and they recover? How did Jesus do this? How did Jesus do that? Learn when you walk around, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you get up and you're going, Jesus, I'm going to work because of you. Because it says that if you shall offer a cup of cold water to these ones for my sake. So everything is for the sake of Jesus. You shall receive a reward. So everything, try and make everything the sake of Jesus. Jesus mm, is because of you that are coming to church. When everything yes, becomes Lord. Jesus, there is a reward. Yes, Lord. Because he is both the substance and the transmission. Yes, Lord. What are you looking at? Who are you honoring? When you get up, you see, it is time. Let me tell you something. Look, when the revival occurred within the Charles Wesley time, every, every, your, most of your hymns, they are about Jesus Christ. Mm. The flow that, when there is a revival, songs that come up are about Jesus Christ. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. Open to your, 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 your hymns. Open. And then check also the, Pente the during the Pentecostal time, when the Holy Ghost came down. Most of the songs, you know now we sit down to write songs. Most of the Pentecost songs, it was not, they were not written. It was just in prayer meetings. The songs just come. Mm. So, one friend knew Jesus Christ to me. These ones are songs that are birthed from the Spirit. Because the Spirit came to glorify Christ. He came to reveal a person. The Spirit didn't come to reveal anointing. He didn't come to reveal angels. He came to reveal a person. So, anytime there's a ministration of the Spirit, all we see is a person. You know how they speak about how we have, we have um, 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 they say face of, let's say, face of a company. Jesus is the face of the Godhead. All the other two, they are hidden. You can sing songs about God. You can sing songs about the Holy Ghost, but sing songs about Jesus. Yes, because he's the one that the Father presented. He said, in him, it pleased the Father that the fullness of the Godhead should dwell bodily. So Paul, in Philippians, that was the peak of his ministry in prison. He said that I count all things but dank that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. This is the highest, this is the highest revelation in the Bible. It is the highest revelation in the life of a man that all he wants is that person of the Trinity. The revealed Godhead, the representative of the Godhead. All I want is Jesus. Give me Jesus. Jesus, Lord. All I want is Jesus. He's my bread. He's my light. He has become all things to me. He's my prosperity. He's my anointing. Christ is all things and is the sum of all spiritual matters. 
God doesn't say anything. All he sees is the sun. All he sees is the sun. All he speaks to is the sun. The Bible says that God, who are sundry times and in diverse manners, spoke to our fathers through the prophet, as in these last days, spoke to us through the sun. He speaks through the sun. Every communication comes through the Christ. So Paul said, but we all with open face. The, the reason why God will open your spiritual eyes is to see Christ. Not angels. Not to see that you are supposed to see Christ. He's the object. He's the desire of everything. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that Christ will head all things. I'm telling you, when you go searching for Christ, you will not get lost. Because he's the object that needs to be sought for. That which the God has presented. Let's go to Philippians. Chapter 3. Let's start from verse 7. No, let, let's, come, let's come back. Let's start from verse 3. I want us to see something. He said, For we are the circumcision. We worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I'm, he said, I have capacity to glory in the flesh. There are certain people that were doing to know. And Paul said, Is it to know? There are things I can use to do to know. You say you have money. I'm Bill Gates' daughter. You know, and that's what he said. If any other man thinketh that he had whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am all. Let's continue. What I say, he said, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. These are the credentials he presented. Verse seven said, but what things were but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. He said that everything, him, I want to count everything as lost for Christ. Hallelujah. It it's means that if I don't know my accounting very well, but if there is the, everything is debit here, Christ is credit. Only Christ comes at the credit side. Mm, everything is debit. Only Christ, God, debit. This one, debit. Anointing, everything is debit. Christ, credit. Wow. Let's move on. Verse 8. He said, like, yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss. He makes and he said, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but thank that I may win Christ. Can we have men thinking this way now? Can we have men thinking this way that I may win Christ? As you get up, as you are going to church, that I may win Christ. I'm going to you. I'm going to church because I want more of you. Go, police. It's not because of good music. I'm going to church because I want more of Christ. Oh, I'm giving that because I want more of Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. Verse 9. He said, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is, which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith verse 10 he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death he said if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead ha ah, can we have men thinking this way now when Paul wrote this one in Philippians in in 1 Corinthians about several years in before, before he wrote 
he wrote Philippians later in his life. But 1 Corinthians, he wrote it. And in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said that it is not expedient of me that leads to glory. I'll come to visions and revelations of the Lord. For I knew a man in Christ about 14 years, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. Only God knows it. And he says that he received abundance of revelation. Abundance. But after all the abundance of revelation, he comes later on after he has grown in Christ ah, and he says that, that I may win Christ. That I may win Christ. Luka, pakasuka, takata. It doesn't matter the revelations you have. Where you have come in the prophetic, in the apostolic, in the teaching, can you always come back and say that, that I may win Christ. 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 Hallelujah. Praise Offenses are bound because men are not searching for Christ. Ah. When you are searching for Christ, when you come to church and you are insulted, you don't leave. Hey. Because you didn't come because of that person. You came because of Christ. Hey. When Christ becomes your objective and your focus, the Bible says that, wherefore, seeing that we are so great a cloud of witnesses that have encompassed us about, let us lay aside every weight and sin that do easily beset us. Let us run the race that is set before us with all patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. What are you looking at? The Bible says that, looking away unto. That's what the Greek said. Looking away. I'm looking I'm looking from everything. I'm looking away onto the Christ. Because mm. he's the author and the finisher of my faith. Christ is all things. all things. The book of Hebrews talks about that personality. Oh, the Bible says that as he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Thank you, Jesus. We want more of you. We want more of you. It's now when you sit down, begin, take worship songs that are full of Jesus begin to honor him. That is where the spirit is administered. Because the father is pleased when the son is worshipped. The father is pleased when the son is revealed. In him that he pleased that the fullness of the Godhead should dwell bodily. Hallelujah. In him, even when he was a little child, he was a little child, he was worshipped. But now he has changed. He has changed from Jesus Christ to Christ Jesus. Because now he's no longer that man that can that can feel sleepy. That 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 that, that, that was part upon. He's no longer that man. He has transitioned. And from Jesus Christ, the man that walked in the street of Galilee, and now he's seated on the throne. He's the resurrected and enthroned Christ. That is the more, even when he was that man walking, when he was not exalted, he was allowed to be worshipped. They worshipped him. What about now? That the Bible says that he has been exalted. He has been given a name that is above every name. That at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Now, that every knee shall bow, they are not talking about demons. They are saying that at the mention of the name Jesus, principalities, whether diabolic or divine, powers, dominions, whether diabolic or divine, all of them must, must bow down. It means that when the name of Jesus is mentioned, angel Michael must bow. The name is given above every other name. That in the sense that, that in heaven, the earth, and under the earth. So when that Jesus, that name is mentioned, you bow. You can worship Jesus. Just get songs that are full of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I prove the all and all. Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, 
for grace to trust you more and his name shall be called wonderful can we be on our feet and his name shall be called wonderful just let's worship him and his name shall be called wonderful wonderful for you are wonderful shakalaba Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Can we let's take it once again. Wana wani ye ye radi ha sewa sumna Oh Jesus ye te ye ni ye ah Jesus oh ya ba sumuno Hallelujah. 
Sua crucified You are laid behind the stone As for Jesus You live to die Rejected and alone Like a rose Trampled on the ground You took the fall And thought of me Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Now I'm sorry if you 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 In these times, 
Remember Jesus. When you get up in the morning, let it become your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are Lord. There is none like you. You are King of Kings. As you walk, begin to fellowship with Him. So, Lord, I desire more of you. You are my focus, Jesus. You are my focus. As you walk, you climb that stairs when you go to work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That you died for me. Thank you, Jesus. And as you do that, there will be a breaking forth of the revival in your life. Because the Bible says that the Spirit came to glorify Jesus. So whoever honors Jesus is going to get more of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Get songs that has the name of Jesus. Just sing them and kneel down and say, Jesus, there is none like you. I know you love the Father. I know you love the Spirit. But Jesus, but Jesus is the one who is lightly lifted. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit shall not speak of himself, but he shall speak of Jesus. The fullness of spirit of the Spirit is the revelation of Christ. Is the revelation of Christ. Is the revelation of Christ. Tonight, just tell him that, Father, I want more of Jesus. Open my eyes to see Jesus. Everywhere. 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 I want to see Jesus. Oh, on the right hand of the Father, you are holy. Holy you are holy. Lamp of God. Lamp of God. You are seated. Oh, start glowing your songs. Father, you are holy. Holy, you are holy. Worthy is the Lamb. Oh, worthy is the Lamb. Say you are holy. You are holy. Jesus, you are so holy. You are so holy. You are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Hey, are you Lord? You are Lord. You are Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. I don't know how to sing this song, but he said, Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, Jesus. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it will always be you, Jesus. Ah, say Katabra. From my heart to the heaven, Jesus be the same. Come on, Abba. It's all Lord is all about from my heart. Oh, come on, no, 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 This is the song. All about. Hey, Lord, Lord is all about. Hey, from my heart. 
today. Jesus be the center. Jesus be the center. It's all about Lord, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about from my heart. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. What is all about you? It's all about you, Jesus. Say it's all about you, Lord. Say it's all about. You. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's all about you. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. So, you are Jesus, 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 my I worship Jesus. We worship you, my Messiah. I worship you, Lord. Yes, so Kolebo, my Messiah. Lord, I worship you, my Messiah. Forever, Lord, forever, my Messiah. Oh, I wanted to say you are El Leon, but it's time. It's time. It's time. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. He's the God most high. He's right here. God most You are Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Oh, is in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in this time, as we begin to honor Jesus, to exalt him, he will pour the spirit upon us. When we elevate him, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. He's the object to be lifted. He's the object to be desired. He's the object to be cherished. My pleasure is to Jesus. Everything I am and everything I'll be. So a songwriter said, I'll put you in front. You are all that matters. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed.